Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. The hair was being interviewed afterwards and Jesus... You know, the Sky interviewer was a pain to tell us. You know, David, I think it's important to mention you wanted to do this interview. It's like, oh, you know, fair play, this boy fronting up. This boy fronting up about one goal. I don't think he realized that he was... <laughs> I don't think he realized he was a mistake for the second goal. This is Paul McGrath. You're listening to the Villa Podcast. That morning sky gave me a look So I left while you the top half of the Premier League, and I must say, it feels pretty damn good. It feels pretty damn good. Outside of the fact that I think Aston Villa and Everton games should be banned from television forever. These these fixtures have become one of the worst TV spectacles of all time. I don't know what's happened. These two traditional clubs that we all like to talk about, you know, the how much history that this fixture has, and like. All I can think of now is how sad that English football has been subjected to Aston Villa v Everton the most out of any fixture of all time because, by God, over the last couple of years, they've really thrown up some stinkers. But you know what? Who cares? Because Villa, I think, for the most part, were quite good. Game again sort of passed by, but you don't mind that when you're in the lead. Got the second goal. Played some good stuff. The the panic set in them with a bit of a shit goal. Everyone got back into the game. JR talked about it afterwards. And you, I think we all probably knew what would happen then because it was a bit of a sucker punch after just controlling most of the match. But they saw it out. And by Jesus, they saw it out. Ming's fucking getting in there with a last-ditch interception. Callum Chambers coming in off the bench, getting in there with a last-ditch interception. Everybody just shoulder to the wheel. And... You know, there's positivity oozing out now. You know, John McGinn's tweeting, finally gets to tweet an Instagram out about being captain and having a winning feeling. <laughs> like, you know, and, and then talking about, like, God love him. His overriding emotion of today was how much he loves water bricks. <laughs> and maybe that's the trick. Maybe that's the trick. He, he tweeted out saying, you know, back at home, three points, water breaks were class, full stop. <laughs> you know, straight down the visit. Tyrone Mings is taking Graeme Soon as the task just for completely unnecessarily just jumping jumping in on the pylon Graham Sunis just got excited you know here's an easy opinion now to to take Gerard doesn't fancy him well I might as well just fucking double down no idea what's going on but I assume <laughs> there's something wrong with that last character <laughs> I think Ming Shu today Ming Shu today apart from one what the fuck moment that we'll mention but uh, there's nothing wrong with that man's character anyway 
No, and that should be obvious to anybody who's even got a passing interest in footballers on wrong with his character. Because even just to think about the amount of adversity he causes himself during the season, <laughs> his cock ups and he comes back from them every time, and will be brilliant for four or five games until the yeah. next one. But his character's so strong, he'll come back and he'll make the next cock. But yeah, it was it was a really really good start from Aston Villa about. Avoid creating a lot or doing anything particular or creating anything particularly clear cut. I mean, it was it was pretty turgy actually, other than <laughs> one or two moments of genuine quality, and just even watching our players try. I mean, my god, the fucking relief! Like they were yeah. running around trying to get the ball back, and they turned it over a lot as well. And when they did, they ran forward as well <laughs> as a team. Like I, I felt like it was a. 14 year old again and I'd thrown on relationship of command and almost immediately sat up and was like what what's this I mean it's, it's definitely music but it's it's different it's better and what, whatever it is you know the first thing you heard the message or Paul's boutique or it takes a nation of millions to hold us back doesn't matter it's just that moment what was it for you probably flame without wings or something it's that moment when you just realize there are better versions of things it was incredible and i was watching our footballers running around and thinking this is definitely aston villa villa but it's better somehow. <laughs> yeah, Westlife do do better cover versions than everybody else. <laughs> with them. Like they do a better version of the dance by Gareth Brooks, and I'll die in that hill. But uh, I don't think you're here to talk about that. We'll we'll talk about it a bit more later. The, <laughs> you're talking about the players winning the ball back. Yeah, what a great jumping off point. Like let's talk about the first goal because you know Kamara definitely showed a bit more Kamara that we want to see today and. Mm-hmm. But he didn't even have to for the first goal. There he was, standing, waiting. Our DM standing at DM saying, come on, I'm here. I'm here protecting the boys. And McGinn and Ramsey just, oh my, it, it, like, it's brilliant when you had that wide shot from further down the pitch and you could just see the two wide centre midfielders like, engulfing on the Everton guys, trying to break through the middle. The two of them just hound him, like they sack him. And John McGinn's the one who wins the ball, gets his head up straight away. It's exactly like what you're saying. That first goal just had everything that you're saying was good about that performance. McGinn wins it back with helps from Ramsey. Head up straight away. Lovely ball over the top. I mean, Watkins was just loving that channel all day. And then he drives. He gets the ball on the right and he just drives inside. Everybody's off their seat at this stage. He plays a great ball with so much venom to continue. I shout, what the fuck? As Danny Ings gets in the way. <laughs> and, then, and then Danny Ings a touch thereafter is just gorgeous like initially I just saw him taking the touches continue was flying into hammered and then Ings was hunching over and I thought oh my god I'm going to take this body task <laughs> and you called him you called him a threatening as a kitten in a pram but by god like that touch to get out of his feet and get it away from the tackle and bang prolific finish I was watching it with someone who said well that's what Danny Ings does isn't it <laughs> He's obviously not a Villa fan then. Yeah, he yeah. does. He does brilliantly to intercept Watkins' ball to continue, and then to also make sure that Ramsey doesn't get on the end of his fucking clearance from this. The touch was so heavy, but the the kitten in the pram is is all grown up, Conan, and he was fucking. He was he was making a mess of that effort and backline all day, marking his fucking territory. I'd say Cody and. Tarkovsky will have to burn their jerseys to get rid of fucking Danny Ings' scent after that. That's going to linger. What a fucking hit. Like running away from goal, you're right, hunched over. His body position was never there to be able to generate that much power. It was fucking incredible. 
And yeah, we obviously have to talk about the early ball from McGinn. It was brilliant. It's absolutely amazing from Watkins. And he picks his pass brilliantly as well after that driving run to have the composure to do that. Not that Danny Ings gave a fuck about that, though. Just ran in and intercepted it anyway. <laughs> and then our boy comes off the bench. Everyone's excited. We talked like during that bad run last year. It was that season. It was when the year that was just lighting up the games. And uh, he comes on and oh, it just brings so much injection of positivity he gets the ball he's always just moving forward with it he has that sort of messy-esque quality you know kind of continue could do it as well but i think there's just a bit of more dynamism at the minute from when where he's got that ball at the edge of his foot just teasing boys into him and always just poking it forward an inch and inch and inch as he's driving and like he gets that one he gets his body in a way he's, he's for such a small man like we we know how how monstrous he is in the air but like he's uh he uses his body <laughs> uses his body so well, he always gets between boys and the ball, and then that just gives him just that little half second, and then he get the ball to his feet, and then it's, it's stop the defender who doesn't want to foul him. Bad mistake, just foul him. Do what Emmy Buendia would do to you. You know, <laughs> he would just drag you down <laughs> if you get in the way, and gets out of his feet, starts driving forward, waits for the run of Watkins, who comes across the defenders, plays at them, carries on inside, doesn't stand a mire in the pass, gets inside, lovely ball from Watkins. Don't know what Pickford's doing with his positioning. He's, he's come... He's come so far wide, so far off his line. It's just made it very easy as Watkins rolls it across and uh, Buendia does his best to miss it. I think that's fair to say. <laughs> it's, it was healed into the very corner of the net. The net. Yeah, and it's brilliant originally again from Kamara to pinch it back and again from McGinn to play it so quickly. And Buendia is Buendia's calm, like even with Davis all over him. Like he waits for the right pass. And you say he doesn't st- stop the admirer. That's because there's nothing to admire, I don't think. He, unless he was intentionally forcing Watkins out too wide to shoot because he's a greedy little <laughs> bastard. He, he wants all the goodies that Kamara took from him in his pockets to start the move. And like, Watkins, he does brilliantly to get it back to him again. And Buendia does brilliantly to nearly miss from six inches out. <laughs> uh, but it's just a, just a lovely goal and like when it got the cushion like it was a oh, yeah, yeah, just a roar of relief and delight at just how tidy the move was like just yeah as you say the interception the first ball the drive and run through the centre to the striker back in okay, it, was just, it was just a tight goal and straight after Everton come back into it like they didn't look threatening until this and then they just had a, a bit of a moment then like, we, we did do well to see the game out but I don't really know what happened with this goal. I look back and be like, you know, there's there's a high ball and it's not dealt with, but I think Rondon does well to get up, and I, I don't know. I think I think Kamara's maybe beaten a bit too easy. Like it's 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 a hell of a run, but it gets to the byline and, and Diego Carlos is there. Kamara's still there. He wants to come back too far. I just think maybe Carlos has done a bit too easily on the byline because like there's nowhere else for him to go and he sort of sold himself and run out of play and left the left the space across the goals and it comes across and obviously look at Dean makes a bit of a mess of it. He's trying to back heel it out. He doesn't get near doing that and yeah, I, I don't know if, if I was an Everton fan, I might think, yeah, well, why not? We put it up, we won the ball, we got to the byline and put it across. <laughs> yeah, Camara. Uh, from Kamara definitely lets him get past too easily, I would say. I mean, it's a straight run as well, and he's definitely going to the byline, so it should be stopped. And then Carlos gets absolutely rinsed. It's pathetic. He just loses his feet, loses the idea of where the ball is. But whenever that happens, Kamara should be following that in as well. Kamara should be there just to fucking smash the ball yeah. after, after he's trying to turn back inside. And Dina needs to dummy that as it's coming across. 
Like he needs to know what's going on around him, and he needs to never attempt to do whatever that was he was trying to do with the fucking ball. <laughs> like, would would Kanza have been beaten on the byline like that? Like, <laughs> and I know we can't keep doing this, and like you know, there's probably elements of like you Kanza was probably most at fault for the goals that happened. Uh, the last day, and you know, maybe if Carlos was playing right centre back or you know Mings was there, they wouldn't have happened. You know, now today I'm looking at it, and who knows what would have happened if it, you know wasn't Diego Carlos there. So I'm aware you can't do it, but it is interesting because I think if anything, Cons has just got great footwork, especially for those situations when people mm. are trying to cut back. He just seems to to match boys toe for toe, and I felt I felt his absence in that moment. Ah, yeah, yeah. and like you've called him the glitch before as well. Like we we've seen Cons get. The ball knocked around him as well, and then somehow he's just there winning it. Just completely inexplicably, he manages to get himself back in position and win the ball. He probably doesn't get beaten for that, but I'm sure there was other things he might have gotten beaten for during the game, given how he's played since Gerard took over. But isn't this the magic of having a good squad? This is what we want, and this is why we said it's over to the manager now, because we do have a good squad, barring one or two gaps in it, and... Like it's 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 just an amazing place to be. Buendia came on; he was our best player. Konza was our best player two years ago. You can't get in the team now. Yeah, it's great. I did. It did look good bringing on two centre halves. He'd be comfortable enough starting. You know, one of them gets injured. Yeah, yeah. Throw on two. Here comes Konza and Chambers. Like, wow, that, that's good. Let's talk about Anthony Gordon for fuck's sake. Um, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the dive, and I can't believe this was even checked. Um. Mings does really, Mings is pace there because Gordon is rapid like and Mings is so fast to stay with him and puts his arm mm. across his shoulder like 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 men do. And you know, that, that's enough for Gordon. That's all he seems to to need nowadays. I don't know, like what's where has he picked this up from so so quickly in his career and he's just he's persistent with it, like you know, no matter how much abuse he's getting early on, it's, it's like why would he do that? Like he still has every chance. Of getting in there, putting Mings off. How often have we seen this? You know, this wouldn't have been Mings' fault in this scenario because of how fast Gordon is. If he had just gotten in or managed to bundle the ball off Mings as he's trying to pass it, or you know, just give him a little noise. But he feels his arm coming across. It wasn't even I wouldn't even call that contact. You know, people say you're allowed contact. Like that's just two guys jostling for a bit of position. It wasn't even a shoulder tackle or anything. And the arm comes up, bang, he goes down. You know, obviously, obviously not a free. Yeah, it's fucking pathetic. I mean, you're you're a scumbag for diving, for cheating, for trying to get someone sent off. Like, what is the point of competing if to win you have to not play that sport? Like, not not compete within the rules of that sport. Would he feel like he he won if he got Tyrone Mings sent off? I mean, it's not related to football. Yeah. He's, he's beating him in a game to Ron Mings, didn't know he was playing. Mings is busy <laughs> playing a game of football, and Gordon's running around playing who's the biggest cunt in the pitch. And, and, uh, uh, and I and I said it last week as well, and I'll say it again. It's fucking moronic. Red card decisions are being watched on the telly, mate. Yeah. Jerome Mings isn't going to get sent off for the crime of having two arms, for using his arms legitimately in the sport of football. Stop holding your fucking face. And the next time you put your hands to your head, it should be to shave your head. <laughs> and Lampard grabbing his face as well in on the sideline. Fucking hell. Go- the worst thing about it was Gordon stayed down for about fucking 60 seconds. Yeah. What, like, nobody's fooled? Like, you must know that the VAR aren't going to give it in. Get up, you fucking prick. <laughs> to be fair as well, McGinn was at it in the last minute. It wasn't as bad. It wasn't as clear. 
but to win a free kick, it was pathetic. And he was lucky enough to get it. He was there begging Oliver, which probably caused some confusions for Dickon fans. But sitting down in the ground, holding his face with the ball still in play, time on the clock, a goal in it. Like, get up, John. Like, I know it's pro- it's probably really comfortable to sit down and add our shears, but this isn't the time. Yeah. Ah, this is the thing. If there are any Everton fans listening, like, you know, we have to stop this. Like, like you're talking about Lampard there, just the immediate assumption that, that he was he was hard done by. Like, you know, Lampard didn't have the same assumption when Matt Cash gets pulled. Yeah, and like, we, we will always, and we shouldn't have to qualify this, we'll always call out any Villa player diving and we call them scummy for doing it. Like, and we call it disgraceful. Like, you know, we, especially the Villa defenders who started doing it, trying to win trying to win freeze when they're supposed to be defending. But, you know, the, the, the match cash one, he's pulled outside the box. It doesn't really matter. Spar can step in there. And, um, you know, but Lampard immediately is arguing with Jerry. Just, just like, we just entrench ourselves in these sides. And then we feel like, I, I assume if I'm talking to an Everton fan after this, they might say that they had a case. It's like, is, that, is that how you want to, never mind football, is that how you want life to be? It's just... <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on. Have we, have we gotten on the questions we can't answer already? It's already <laughs> in the show. <laughs> yeah, and it sort of made it all the better, that, you know, for the disallowed goal. I mean, Gordon standing offside, I don't know what he was thinking he was doing, standing behind Martinez. Like, your role there is to try and put the keeper off. If anything, he's leaning into him, pushing him back into the action. You know, giving him a, a helping hand. Like, here, here you go, mate. Like, if you're not going to get there, I'll help you through. You're supposed to be leaning in the other direction to stop the keeper coming out. Um... <laughs> So he's, he's never mind behind the last man who would be counted for offside. He's behind the, the goalkeeper as well. He's behind everybody. And uh, yeah, and he, he reels away. He doesn't even kick the, he doesn't kick the ball. In. <laughs> it's been kicked in for him. I guess by Mad Cash. And, uh, and he just, he's doing a phone call celebration. I don't know who he's talking to. Like, you, know, he should, you should be calling Bar to see how big of a mug you're about to look now in a second. You know, like, you know, let's get, let's get somebody with eyes on this on the line here. And like, yeah, by the way, you are completely offside. Yeah, he should be calling us fucking barber. I was actually, <laughs> I was, I was really worried about that as well because whenever it flashed up, I was like, "What's what are they looking at here?" Like, is because the Dina and Martinez both had handfuls of jersey. That was just fucking stupid from our point of view. I don't know what they were playing at in the box as well, grabbing two players on their jersey it was mad. Gordon run the way celebrating a goal he didn't even score. I'm sure, that's what he does. He's a cheating little prick. <laughs> All right, well, go on to WhatsApp Winges. See you there. Any fines today? I don't think so. I I uh, think this was a pretty positive day. Ming's found touch one time at the right time when he was under pressure. Balls played into the channel. Just just get rid. That that's the one time I want to see boys get rid. Um, the one time Tyrone Ming's definitely allowed to find touch. Agreed. Yeah, I think he got rid twice, actually. One was right foot as well. I think that was a little bit unnecessary, but it went up the pitch this time. At least it stayed within the boundaries of the pitch. We'll let him away with that one. Yeah. Should look at Dina be fine for for that, whatever that own goal was. Like, I, was, I don't know. <laughs> just, just, just like, I, I don't think this is something we could write into the rule. We could never foresee it happening, but I just don't side for the ball into the net. I don't even know how to explain. What was he trying to do? Was he trying to chip it up for a back heel volley? Or something like I don't know what you think he was trying to back heel it just not even back heel. Do you know that action when the ball's rolling towards the side of your foot and you're trying to sort of scoop it up over your head? Then like you try to over his head, what into the net? Like that's what I'm trying to figure (laughs) out. Like where do you want the ball to go? Aye, that's what it looked because he's obviously his momentum was all going towards the net, and it was like he was just trying to do one of those little rainbow flicks. Is that what you become? Not even a rainbow (laughs) flick, but yeah, just scoop it. Like imagine him 
controlling the pace of that ball as his leg lifts up at the same time and just flicking it over the over the bar. That would have been right, very good. right under the top corner. <laughs> that would have been bonus territory. Look at Dino wasn't wasn't great today on the ball actually as well. I don't think he had one cross that did go for a goal kick actually, but he could sort of disguise it as a shot, and it definitely wasn't a shot. It was just <laughs> it was just the worst cross. It was worse than one of those crosses actually. He just fucking drilled it diagonally out for a goal kick at the far side. I think that was immediately after he scored the OG as well, and he was, I think he was just too eager to try and make up for it. I actually thought it was a spank at net, and it was just because of the OG. But look, if that's how you're trying to control the ball, maybe this isn't the time to be spanking on from 30 yards. You're obviously not on it. <laughs> All right, I've got a couple of um, couple of WhatsApp winges from pregame. <laughs> it, was a, it was a pretty positive match, and I think these haven't aged very well, but such is the nature of WhatsApp winges, so uh, let's just go with it. First one's pretty extreme, I must warn everybody. Oh, great, so Everton have a better team than Villa? <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at this before, obviously, the last memory I have is Villa getting completely outplayed by Bournemouth. Uh, no signing during the week when we thought we were going to be just saying all week, sign a fucking player. No signing came in. Same, same team, basically, a bit of a rejig. And then I'm looking here now at, at Cody, at Tarkowski, filling out this defence. I'm looking... Well, that's pretty much it, really. But... <laughs> But at the time, I'm saying, geez, Damari Gray, he was a handful. Dwight McNeil, I, I don't know, like, is he going to be good again? Anthony Gordon, you know, obviously didn't have a striker, that's not ideal. And if it was Villa, I'd be like, what the fuck is happening here? But uh, for, for I think, you know, pre-game, I'm almost justified. Am I being too kind to myself? I, 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 you said in pre-season, you know, whenever we were being positive, I can just see us in about 10 10 games time just saying oh, the players aren't good enough <laughs> turns out it only took one one game for us to end up saying that yeah. but it also turns out for Everton signing two fucking Burnley lads isn't going to help them much that's not going to get them in the relegation trouble yeah. they were in last year Dwight McNeil isn't isn't a serious footballer I mean he's 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 absolutely rubbish there was one time where Ramsey lost the ball in the middle of the park and then Dwight McNeil's through. It's Demari McNeil and Demari Gray. Oh, the pass. Oh, my God. On one with Carlos, and he fucks it up. It's so bad. I mean, yeah. like at least whenever Bundia did it, that's only because he was getting on the end of a, a one-two. But it was so bad. He, he knocked it out for a goal kick, maybe himself. Just I think it got rescued on the byline. Like Somebody was coming in on the left completely free, and he just completely overfed it. Like It was unbelievable. Time and space that he had for that as well. That was just re- that was I was ready for the rafters to be taken off Villa Park with the booze that were going to yeah. be raining down on Gerard. But Everton in general, Everton were so negative. I mean, add the fact, add the fact that he doesn't like football to the long list of reasons to think Frank Lampard is an absolute twat because. <laughs> He obviously doesn't watch it anyway. I mean, we were under so much pressure coming into that game. Things could have gotten nasty, and Everton did yeah. nothing to force that. I mean, they were so so in their shell. It was unbelievable, so deep, so defensive. Three wingers up top, and all they had planned was to use their pace. It was incredible. They were asleep for the first half. They did nothing. And to be fair, Frank Lampard looked like he was wearing a set of pajamas. I mean, you can't he be turning up. You can't be turning off to work and kind of get up like that. You've won there now. Fair enough. There's a bit of fashion. <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm fucking delighted. Let's talk about this because I, <laughs> because I'm actually thinking the next stage of him showing up in a pair of cotton tracks at bottoms. I don't know why. He looks like such a slob, doesn't he? 
Yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible. Fucking slap a suit on, Frank. You're going to work. This is ridiculous. Yeah, and like this is the thing. Like Gerard looked so well last week, but I was so pissed off I couldn't even bring it up with you. Like his shirt was fucking. <laughs> his shirt was excellent. Like you know, he looks he looks apart anyway. And then he had a new haircut today and everything. Now they get to go with it, but uh, yeah, I'm happy. Like we we can talk about this later as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the 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 Jacob Ramsey thing. I was actually. When he gave the ball away, and you know, McNeil just completely cocked all that up, like just a, a gift, you know, from heaven for him. And I was just like, Jesus, how, how am I going to bring this up, Liam? You know, knowing how triggered he's going to be if I have to mention that the Jacob Ramsey <laughs> led to a goal. I just wasn't sure how I was going to have to go about it, but uh, thankfully I, I don't have to. Conan, Conan, if Jacob Ramsey fucked up for a goal, I would call out Jacob Ramsey fucked up for a goal. If Jacob Ramsey is one of ten players who had a fucking nightmare. Along with the manager, who had the worst, the, you couldn't even describe it as a nightmare. Gerard essentially died in the first game of the season. He wasn't even asleep. It was pathetic. <laughs> if you call out Ramsey in that context, I'll tell you, don't just call out Ramsey. They're all cunts. <laughs> I, I, um, I was so happy, especially with this. Like, Jacob, oh, Jacob Ramsey was sensational all game, but the first ten minutes, like it was just like you, you know, I like these statements of intent and. Uh, this was a boy. I said, like I said, he has to stop. He has to stop this, you know, this this habit that he picked up for one game, getting brought off after forty five minutes. Um, <laughs> but, you know, but what a response! The way he started that match, just got the ball and drove, drove, drove. Like I was just like, here we fucking go. This boy is not letting this game pass him by. And uh, it's interesting. Like it's like you're so right about the the Everton thing. Like there is Villa, completely not just a, a wounded animal, you know, a cowering animal really, and. Like yeah, Villa Park, very. Quick. I think everybody was expecting like if anything goes wrong, like these boos are here. Like we're ten minutes away from from Villa Park turning, and how Everton didn't think to lean into that because so much like sport is so much a mental side of it. Like you know, and I've really really been appreciate that that more now. Anybody does a bit of running, like and you and you realize like you know you could you could be running for fucking miles. And then suddenly your last mile is still like you know, way faster than what your first few were, and you're like, or, or all the rest of your miles were, and you've been convincing yourself the whole time that you have to stop. You're fucked. You're fucked. And then like there you go. You still have way more left in the tank, and it's just all about your head. And like you see it so often. Like you see the oxygen teams get. That's a mental thing. It's not literal oxygen. They 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 get going when something goes well, and likewise when something's going bad, they just completely go under their shells, and you have to. You have to play on that. If you're an Everton, you have to get at them. And they came to this match with nothing, no plan. Like they, they didn't want to play a striker. Like they, that, they thought it was better playing Anthony Gordon through the middle and and outside. Like they, I don't think they had any plan of how to use him there. So mm. in a way, they were taken away from somebody who would have hurt us a bit down the flanks, as long as he was on the other flank from Matty Cash. And uh, <laughs> and that was it. Like they, they didn't try anything. They to try and get this crowd to turn or to try and dent this confidence that Villa are obviously suffering from yeah it was it was absolutely madness and you're right if you're going to play the three wingers then play play with the three wingers as well decide what you're going to do with them it can't just be I'd say the Villa players came out they were obviously up for it that was clear from the start as well but I say I say they couldn't believe their fucking luck and they, they were just playing against a three four three back those banks within 40 meters of Pickford it was incredible it must have been such a relief for them and the Villa backline's got so much pace in it anyway that they wouldn't have been all that concerned with the fact that Everton might hit them in the counter-attack. John McGinn and Jacob Ramsey and Kamara are rapid as well. They didn't need to be 
the game plan from Everton was fucking bonkers. It was insane <laughs> in general, and to come into the come into a game like that and to have it was madness. Yeah, why why did they not? Why like exactly what they did in the last seven minutes? Why did they not just do that and start like get the ball up there, like play run them? Like we've just seen, we've just seen Villa completely capitulate under a bit of aerial bombardment, like two two times out of two hundred percent strike rate against Bournemouth. Like just pop it up. <laughs> Get a bit of territory, get the Villa boys asking each other questions, like bitching at each other around the back line. You just, just get it up there, like, let's see what happens. And, <laughs> and he didn't, like, you, you look at that, like, I don't know if you caught Thomas Frank's interview after the, the Brentford Man United game, we'll talk a bit, a bit more about that later, don't worry. But um, he, he just said, like, he, he, he did say, like, yeah, you know, we didn't think on the left hand side, Sean Martinez, we, we thought we'd either win the ball if we went there or we'd win the second ball. And and we also saw what Brighton did against them, and they had a bit of success. Like Thomas Frank just said that we saw what worked last week, and we applied it this week, and it worked again. And everyone, everyone just obviously didn't bother watching what happened last week. Well, he couldn't have watched it anyway. But anyway, I've got one more WhatsApp one. Um, and again, such <laughs> such is the nature. It's nice to have a win. Um, it's another pre-game one. It's another ridiculous one, really, for being honest. But. <laughs> But at the time, I'm not happy. Imagine this must have been about Thursday. I wrote this one down. Every time I see shots of the fucking training ground, these players are just strolling out to the pitch. (laughs) (laughs) And I really meant that. Like, they're not. I never see them, like, bouncing out enthusiastically. I never see somebody trying to get out first to kick a few balls before we get into a boring warm up. They're just all walking out like they're being sent to some sort of punishment. You know, sometimes you get the odd smile. It's like, hurry up! Like, I've never seen a, an entire group walk so slowly. Get on with it! Imagine, imagine that I would, like, if Villa hadn't have won this game today, and talking about the men- mental side of things, I would have been all over them like a rash for their preparation all week. I wouldn't have seen any of the preparation apart from them walking out, <laughs> to, walking out to the warm-up. Well, you think these primed athletes, these guys who are just so fucking close to the edge... That they should be just running out onto the pitch and spanking ones from thirty yards, just testing out their quads like they were playing a game of five aside up in Spire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what I want to see how much they wanted. <laughs> well, we did fucking see that when they were actually playing a game of football. Then maybe them walking out onto the pitch just before the camera cuts off probably isn't the best time to judge them. Maybe you do want them listening to the sports scientists that are there all that mumbo jumbo telling them you know to warm up to activate their muscles or whatever i don't know you're the one with a fucking degree in it pal <laughs> all right we'll leave whatsapp wins is there we'll come back with the awards hi guys jack greenish here uh, delighted to say that i've signed a new deal <laughs> which he accepted with one proviso <laughs> Let's start with the Emmy Martinez Is Ronaldo Not Hitting It Shithousery Award. <laughs> and there's only one winner here, and it has to be Emmy Buendia. Kamara loses it. This is this is exactly what you want. Emmy Buendia's deliberate foul. Kamara, our, our DM, we're talking about him being in position, loses the edge of the box. It's, it's a tight pass. He's given under pressure. He's trying to do a bit of footwork to, to get a bit of space, to get a spank, I would have assumed. And 
it blues it, it gets bundled over. It's that stage where the ref is just like, yeah, let's go Everton, let's go back up the pitch. They are not going back up the pitch. I mean, when the just gets two arms around, I don't know who it is, and drags him down, takes the yellow card. A lovely one for the team. Mate, was that not fucking Danny Ings? You don't even know who he pulled down. Was you don't even know who did the pulling? Oh no, it must have been Emmy Wendia, right? No, I I I assume it was Emmy Wendia. <laughs> All right, let's rescue this award category. Tweeting was it Emmy Wendia or Danny Ings? Any anybody remember what some people might call an insignificant moment? But uh, I appreciate it. Maybe I was just too willing to hand out some awards, Emmy Wendia. <laughs> and that's fair enough but he'll be one and plenty of them I say by the end of this I'd say there's probably um, there's probably two other nominations for this anyway go on Emmy Martinez himself as Deli <laughs> Alley's running through Deli Alley's running through and he cocks it up obviously because he's shite at football yeah. and Emmy Martinez starts holding his hand <laughs> Deli Alley's trying to walk away <laughs> <laughs> just so subtle, like it's just he just ca- casually holds his hand, and eventually Deli Ali freaks out and knocks his hand away and tries to run back. Well, tries to walk back, I suppose, really. But I actually thought the the biggest winner of it was for the crowd heckling Pickford. It's like my God, the Villa fans are actually the most informed fans in the world. Every time Pickford got on the ball, they were fucking cheering from the rafters, sarcastically and ironically. I thought it was fucking class. It's like this is my people. They fucking know Pickford. I thought I thought we were out there on our own, but it turns out everyone in Villa knows this as well. George Pickford is a fucking clown. Uh probably um special nomination or a special mention for Diego Carlos as well in the shithousery section, just you know, for taking Emmy Martin as time wasting to the next level. <laughs> I have to appreciate it because let's face it, it's not going away. We're going to get stung by it. We're going to cry about it every time it happens to us. So, might as well just enjoy it when we get to do it to the other teams. <laughs> yeah, you could say that, or we could just say let's just you know get get moving again. <laughs> yeah, but the winner is either Emmy Buendia or <laughs> or Danny Ings. <laughs> Whoever did it, thank you. Well done. That's how you save your defensive midfielder. Like just that—that's game intelligence as well. Like we're fucked here. Let's just get this done. Uh, do you let Glenn Whelan take a 90th minute penalty award? I mean, it has to be Frank Lampard, really. This They were talking about the three forwards or the three wingers up top, not really knowing what to do with them. Uh, has a striker on the bench. And then, how, how has it transpired that they've ended up with a midfield two of a Wobie and Davis? How, how did they let that happen? Somewhere along the way, you must have thought. Jesus, I think we've taken a wrong turn here. We, we, we can still rectify it, but no, he, he, just, he just kept it. Just kept it. Wobie and Davis as their midfield too. Wobie was fucking class. <laughs> he was brilliant. He was brilliant, sorry in fairness, but it's just uh, the visuals of the two of them. <laughs> Absolutely. But like the, surely the nomination for the you let Glenn Whelan had a 90th minute penalty award here should be, how the fuck was Alex Wobie better than our captain? What was going yeah. on there? <laughs> Running him into the ground. That, I couldn't believe it. And I wonder, did Frank pick this up from Jolington going into midfield? Like, where did this come from that these absolutely shit wingers are now just getting converted into elite centre midfielders? The, the most unlikely. If you had a said to me two years ago, yeah. pick two Premier League footballers who will become really good centre midfielders, I'll t- Jolington and Awobi would have been very fucking high up that list of people. Yeah. Uh. 
Yeah, no, he was good. Sorry, I feel like I, I, I'm uh, doing a bit of service there. Like, but I, I just when I, when 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 I saw those two come together, to Corey coming on, and not that he was giving them much. The like, state of him for that first goal, he was dragging. <laughs> like, somebody had mentioned. I think they were trying to do analysis on BT Sport about Coutinho's pace. Coutinho was jogging. <laughs> Continue your job because like Watkins still had a bit to do to get the ball under control and then start coming in. Continue was like like he was strolling up the pitch and DeCorey was not interested in getting back and uh yeah maybe they were better off about it. It is interesting you say that because we got a tweet from Andy saying uh, you know can't wait to hear your take on McGinn making a Wobi look like Prime Maldini. <laughs> yeah, my take is it's fucking ridiculous. How does that happen? But yeah, you're right, DeCorey. What the fuck was that about? That was, that was oh, is that not what he's there for? Is that, is that not like his first job? Like you, know, you get back and help us out. Yeah, it absolutely is. And all he had to do was run back slightly faster. He was happy to jog behind them as yeah. Coutinho was jogging. He was like, I'll keep an eye on this lad. And then Coutinho turned on at Coutinho level of pace. So not <laughs> fast to, for the last two metres. It was unbelievable. Yeah. A suggestion of afterburners. That's what it was. <laughs> uh... The Tim Sherwood, we played two number 10s and bamboozled them award. I like the... Uh, well, I don't know. We, we probably, I don't, I, we're going to end up having this conversation every four or five games. We've moved from a 4-3-3 to a 4-3-1-2. <laughs> and in four or five games, we're going to go back to the 4-3-3. So maybe we should just stop nominating it. Um, I like the, the little intricacy in it of moving Watkins to the right-hand side. And uh, you know, let's let's get at Tarkowski boy. Let's go! Like you take him to that channel and you make his life hell. And obviously, Danny Ings flourished as well then, but a bit of a change. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it is a little bit strange that we didn't um, they didn't start the season. Was I don't care how good a preseason Leon Bailey was having. This was the system that Jared had stumbled across last mm-hmm. year to you know get him out of trouble whenever he needed to be brought out of trouble. And the, like, yeah, the worry is when you don't really have a plan or a proper system, it's easy to change it when you lose <laughs> the following week. You can just go to the diamond with this fucks up. We'll just go back to a four three three. I'm sure after one game, because there isn't there isn't again from an attacking point of view, the set the set plays weren't really there. It didn't didn't seem that we were practicing much other than exploiting the fact that Danny Ings and Ollie Watkins are brilliant and really aggressive channel runners, and they will be able to take these lads to the cleaners if we get enough players up and support them. And that's exactly how it turned out. Also, the fact that we had four centre midfielders and Everton had two, that was fucking moronic from Frank Lampard. Yeah. Let's go back to the Glenn Whelan Award. I don't think we've done Frank Lampard enough. <laughs> yeah. They're, um... <laughs> yeah, like we look so much better again today with the two strikers. We've seen this, even when sometimes the two strikers haven't been clicking together or playing particularly well individually, which they both did uh, on this occasion. But but it was always just better for the shape. Even when he was playing Bailey up top sometimes, it was just like, well, we've got that extra runner ahead. It's letting Coutinho or Buendia thrive a bit more in the space, giving them a bit more option. But um, the, the only problem is, like, I think after a, a while, then it becomes a bit predictable and teams just clog the centre. We're too narrow and, they, and they're able to, to, to nullify it. So we just need to figure out what is the solution when that happens. And it's probably not 4-3-3. Maybe it just doesn't suit us. Maybe we do Especially when we always want to play when the year continue, we have to play when the year continue. Maybe it is a four three three with two out and out wingers, and actually bringing one of those guys into the midfield three. Um, maybe it's finding a way of getting even a bit more width again. I don't know what it is, but um, it's yeah, we just need that bit of flexibility when we become too predictable, and then we can do this more often. 
Yeah, if it's playing two out and out wingers, then we need to sign two out and out wingers as well. That's that's the big <laughs> problem. <laughs> yeah. Let's do the Ronnie Rossenthal award. Um oh, the like Diego Carlos, like that should be your first goal, man. You've got your debut at Villa Park, John McGinn's whipped in a gorgeous corner. I don't know I don't know where Pickford's going and you're four <laughs> yards out. It's 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 bent back into the six yard box and you get your shoulder on it. <laughs> you missed it with your head. You get your shoulder on it, and it goes over. It's incredible. Like that's yeah, that's the big that's the big moment. You you have been carried over from the shit show the week before. Now make up for it. Here is your here is your moment to ask for forgiveness from the Aston Villa fans <laughs> for that fucking debacle last week. Stick your fucking head on that, pal. Yeah. Um, couple of half chances, sort of openings, just nice play, really. Like Ings, lovely, just inside ball to Ramsey. Uh, the King sort of looks like he's looking across the pitch, maybe looking at whipping a, a far top corner shot, and he just plays it in the inside to Ramsey, who's bursting down the left and plays a nice ball. Cross the like is just not there, like you know, he's, he's almost there. But I, I don't think it's too much pace or wrong direction from Ramsey. That's where he has to play it. Coutinho just can't get to there, but that's where he has to get to as well to score. Um. Yeah, yeah that, uh, that nice move though. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's a gorgeous ball from Ings. Lovely little reverse ball. It's a really difficult ball for for JJ. Like he probably needs to put a bit more. He definitely needs to put a bit more bend on it. But it's, it's a really difficult pass. But Coutinho needs to burst the gut. He needs to react to JJ's. Sorry, he does react to JJ's pass rather than trusting that the pass is going to come. He needs to be getting into that back post. He doesn't start moving until JJ's whipped it in. Mm. And he was never going to get there then, in that case. No. Uh, two. Well, there's, there's one where Ings, um, Ings just doing really well again, just burrowing his way into the box and uh, takes a heavy enough touch. He probably might have gotten there, but then when Dia gets in his way, um, just a bit of retribution for Coutinho, he's, he's number 10 partner. And, uh, <laughs> you know, nothing comes of it just because Bundia's in the way. And then Bundia has a bicycle kick then not long after that. It goes into the ground, but almost bounces into the, the top corner. But it's just it's always nice seeing somebody produce a bicycle kick and connect with it. Yeah, yeah. I think just before that, Bundia Watkins is it down for things. Uh, it's absolutely incredible. This little Bundia's obviously been taking pillow advice from Watkins is absolutely a gorgeous little touch to drop it off rings bicycle kick like Everton were so fucking defensive in that game unfortunately they also had two men on the post from open play it was so fucking annoying that just didn't drift in yeah it was a half chance I'd say yeah you mentioned Leon Bailey there like so I'm just going to give you three here in a minute right because this happened after the one I want to talk about a bit more, but Bailey Bailey is a great first touch just to, to take himself driving forward, and he just doesn't play it across to Watkins. It's there, like Watkins is coming from behind the defender, but he's going to get there if you play the right ball, and he doesn't play it. He, he tries to cut inside, he gets blocked, and that just leads like like that's game over, and everyone just go up the pitch, and it's a big chance. That's the one Ming saves us from then as well. The ball breaks across the box. It should be a goal. And Mings does the spider that we know he does so well, where he just <laughs> he just spreads his limbs across the box, he gets something on it, and he's coming from behind this time, and he he gets there to put them off. But that was so annoying. Like, imagine we had to concede it there, and Bailey hasn't put the ball across, and we can come back to that. But there was also there was also the Watkins one, like you know, where Bailey has played him through it's a simple pass from Bailey, but bad touch from Watkins, like you know, he's taken to the left, and like that's the sort of thing there where. 
Walkins, I think, his reputation then just by people who are a bit more rash and even more impatient than me. Um, <laughs> it, it, it just gets a bad rep there. People get impatient with him and you know they, they see chances like that not put away. Like, always have to take a step back from that. Like that is frustrating, and he should score there. But like Watkins, especially for where we're at at the minute, and I'd say for anybody outside the top six, like you're not going to get a better striker who can give you so much and and everything else and give you everything that Watkins gives you. Like it's just, it's not going to happen. Like who do you get? Like he is just need to put up with a few chances like that. And just hope that he can, I don't know, just sharpen it up a bit because he he does really well for some chances sometimes as well. And yeah, he like you know sometimes it lets you down in, in occasions like that but you know has he gotten two assists again today like it's just this boy like th- this boy is a good player and like i think you just have to forgive him sometimes when he does miss a chance like that like everybody misses one-on-ones ollie watkins is an absolutely elite footballer he's brilliant and he's definitely of the level that villa are trying to get to like villa works villa wanting to compete for seven places you know ollie watkins is definitely a striker that's capable of finishing in the top 10 I mean, fucking hell! Get get a grip here. If we're worried about Ollie Watkins, we're not we're not thinking clearly about the whole squad. Ollie Watkins is so far down the list of priorities, replacing him. From my perspective, he, unfortunately, fucking his touch, he, he takes himself too wide. It's 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 so, so it is such a bad touch, and he's never going to score him once he's once he's put himself out there because he's stretching even for the shot as well. He should have just done what he did for the two goals and set himself up properly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The only other nomination I had was Onana at the end. Like he, he had the big chance and Chambers did really well to get across in and just I think he might have got a touch on it before Onana got the shot, so then it ends up dragging it wide. Yeah, amazing from Chambers. He also gave him the fucking assist. I mean he dummies the ball to let it go through to him. That was that was, that was Jesus, here is the classic lad coming on the last two minutes. He's just nowhere near the pitch of the game. Luckily he got it very fucking quickly after that. And it is an incredible block. I think the winner is Diego Carlos, so like that's four yards out. Put that away. We, like, we you know we've talked before about our defenders not giving us enough goals, and like Jesus Christ, Matt Cash takes out the heart. I know, um, <laughs> rather, rather than not have as many shots, but um, I could just want I just want a few headers going to the back of the net from set pieces to give us a give us a wee lift every so often. The, the Peter Enkelman, what the fuck award? Um, I was going to say Ramsey should definitely win this. Like he got caught, like Douglas Ruiz gets caught in the middle of the pitch, and that's the one McNeil plays that bad mm. pass. Uh, talked about that already, but the the Mings header that he missed. I mean, my God, like just, like just that's not a classic Mings. Like he's just normally so dependable. Like in those situations, he gets up so high, gets his neck back, gets it fifty yards up the pitch of a header. Um, Jeez, I don't know. Was Anthony Gordon, big Anthony Gordon in his eye line? Was he putting them off going up for the header? <laughs> going up for the header about seven yards in front of him because his positioning was that bad. But uh, Kamara ends up saving him. Good to see. Like, maybe it's a good way to show yeah. off. We've got a, we've got an alert uh, defensive midfielder in front of him. Yeah, that was absolutely brilliant. It was so heartening to see Kamara just mopping up exactly what he should have been doing, even though he didn't do it for the Everton goal. But anyway, we'll leave that. We won today. Um, it's really weird, yeah, because Terrell Mings is brilliant in the air, and the key to being brilliant in the air is being able to read where the ball is going to go and also understand the flight of the ball and then time your jump up to it. You don't have to be massive to be brilliant in the air. Terrell Mings is, so that makes him absolutely exceptional in the air normally. This was just bonkers stuff that he's so far under the ball. It's absolutely ridiculous. I think, I think that Jerome Mings slice is is definitely the winner though. 
he, he does absolutely brilliant to to read to read oh, the ball yeah. through the middle. The right foot. The right foot, and he reacts to it and covers the space brilliantly. But but once he gets there, it's it's Deli Alley to him. Like you know, <laughs> relax. Like, take a touch. Have a cup of tea, mate. Have a fucking slice of cake. Don't be slicing your clearance out for a corner. It's Deli Alley that's behind you. Don't be calm down. <laughs> and does that lead us on nicely to the Ashley Westwood? Oh, he was playing a word. I mean. Like... <laughs> Maybe maybe not even just specifically for this game, but like what has become of Deli Alley? My God, like what what a very rapid fall! Like just from from a year ago, like you know, is an other manager going to get the most out of him at Spurs? Like no, no, they're not. <laughs> but this is the thing: people have been asking for about two or three years. Like you know, if if only they could get that Deli Alley back, right? Deli Alley's not coming back, right? Deli Alley's finished. It's forget about it, and it's only people like Frank Lampard who are going to think it's a good idea to go snap up Deli Alley with a lovely bit of shrewd business that I'm sure he was praised for at the time. I honestly wonder: Do Everton have a scouting network? These these players that like I think it's just exactly what Frank Lampard wants. Like somebody that I know. It, it, well, it's probably like Everton are fucking fodder to take take players like this. You know, anybody's got a bit of a profile, then they must be all right. Harry Winks, yeah, I haven't seen him do anything, but he's played with Spurs. Let's get him in as well. Um, <laughs> you know, Ross Barkley, obviously, link of Everton. Like, it's just just any any player with a name like Frank Lampard once, regardless of what they've done in the last four years. Yeah, but they they obviously do have a scout. I mean, they saw Alex Awobi fucking fall over the ball. For four years at Arsenal, and then thought, Jesus, he's the man we need in the centre midfield. <laughs> Genius. Yeah. We, he just needs more men around him, and then he's going to, <laughs> he's going to flourish. Uh, let's go to the Vyman meter. I think it's a, I think it's a pretty positive one today. I mean, going up like Tyrone Mings, I, I thought he was really good. Part just apart from that misheader, um, and the bad clearance. <laughs> he, <laughs> Thought he was good, like you know, obviously the, the whole media attention around him going on, and even just his manager talking the way he was talking in the build up to the game. Um, yeah. I mean, and we didn't even mention his pass, like his pass, just a fucking seventy yard pass from left centre back up to Watkins uh, going down the right channel and attack. And you know, could could you just see anything better than that coming on to Watkins' head on the run? And I think that head is freakish. It doesn't get talked about enough. Like just a velvet cushion takes the ball down, um, and does really well to get it inside to continue. Who can't adjust his body? Yeah, I, I don't know how he did that. That was absolutely ridiculous. The, the touch from from Ollie Watkins. I, I've never I've never seen anything like it. Not even from Ollie Watkins because the the fucking pace in that ball, like it was zipped out to him, yeah. and the control like that, the angle the ball was coming. It's not like the ball was dropping out of the sky or anything. Like, the ball was moving. It was whipped out there, and it was moving fairly flat. And he just touches it about six inches back up off his head. It was absolutely insane. And onto his right foot as well. It was absolutely incredible. But we're talking about Thoreau Mings. Thoreau Mings was absolutely brilliant. The the 90th minute tackle on Rondon obviously was the highlight for him. I mean, to react to it and do the spider, as you said, particularly after his goalkeeper decides to... Decides to go in for a diving header rather than using his hands to <laughs> save the ball. The like, Toronto Mings could not have been expecting that, and to get there in time was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, um, Danny Ings is fucking flying up this meter. Um, you know, good, really good striker's performance, but 
yeah, a lot of work as well. A lot of good, honest work. Um, a lot of strength being used. You know, probably waking up tomorrow with a few bruises on his body. Like just, he put on a serious shift and had quality on top of it, and a lovely goal. Yeah, yeah, no, he was absolutely brilliant. Front two were class today, and they absolutely destroyed that Everton back back three. It was it, it was nearly was nearly wasn't fair watching them. They didn't feel right watching them sometimes. Yeah. It was just they were just bullying them. They're dragging them everywhere. They were making them play their tune. It was it was brilliant. Great to see it. And these are the two centre forwards that we thought we had all last year as well. Finally coming good. Yeah, Brendia has to keep going up because you know. What? <laughs> Yeah, obviously he's one of her better players, but just like just that, just keeps coming on. He's he's not playing, keeps coming on, keeps impacting the game. It's it's brilliant, it's beautiful. Um, just just the attitude to keep doing that, it's class, and like to to, to continue having that consistency. Jacob Ramsey's going way up. Um, after after calling him out last week, <laughs> he wasn't good last week, but he was brilliant. He got I think one man in the match tonight, and uh. I think I just have to reserve special praise though for Matt Cash because again another boy who was singled out last week. Um, among probably eleven people who were singled out, but he uh... not by you. You're only fucking picking out Jacob Ramsey. <laughs> but Matt Cash, like it, it, it is. I I don't think we should ever take for granted the amount of fires this boy puts out, and he does it with such ease. Like, like how often is he way up the pitch? Somebody fucked up and he just turns around, like, you know, the road runner goes flying in the other direction, wins the ball and just carries it forward in the other direction again or carries it back out towards the flank. And and it's always it's always just something physical as well. Like, he just loves the contact. And, uh, yeah, I thought he was good driving forward as well again today. Like, he was just back to Matt Cash, like the usual standards that we were getting from him. Yeah, and to be fair to, to Lampard... Everton did switch the ball fairly, fairly well during that game, and we there seemed to be a lot of space out in that left that left wing, and Matt Cash was isolated quite a lot towards the end of the game. Actually, toward, at the end, whenever Everton missed a few chances, and Lampard's like ruefully looking away, asking, "What more can I do? Do you want us to fucking answer that question, Frank?" <laughs> Because it's not just shifting the ball like quickly to the other wing, especially if that wing has got fucking Matt Cash on it. But we were getting caught out by that far too often. I mean, it, it wasn't that clever a move from Everton. They just loaded one side and whipped it across to their wing back. Having a diamond doesn't help. It's more difficult to defend against it. But they were getting too much joy with that until they eventually came up against Matty Cash. Yeah. Anybody else uh, you want to talk about before we move on? Like Ramsey's, Ramsey made a 50 meter run in the 80th minute into the sun as well and then he had the composure to pick out Watkins at the end of it but I thought that just summed up his game I thought giving a man the match was absolutely ridiculous <laughs> it's completely, he definitely wasn't him? the best ah no he wasn't the best player in the pitch no way yeah. was he the best player Danny Ings was definitely man of the match he got the yeah, biggest you're, you're probably right Bundia yeah. even but do you yeah. get Bundia man of the match Watkins got two assists like yeah. you know there was three players better than Cash even Cash um, Kamara, it was great to see Kamara playing so well as well to finally have a defensive midfielder. We talked about that mopping up after Mings got sucked under the ball. His passing was gorgeous. His spread in the play. There was one in the first half as well where he just whipped it out first time over the top. I think it was to Watkins again, obviously, running the channels. Kamara, I think, has definitely gone up, which wouldn't be difficult after where he was after last week. <laughs> yeah, it was a bad, bad start for the Vima meter for him, but uh, yeah, he responded very, very quickly. He's reacted well. Um, 
Yeah, no, that's it. It's it, it's it's a positive day. It's always positive when you meet Frank Lampard as well. You know, when you, when it's, you don't succumb to Frank Lampard, I suppose, is, is the key there, really. Um, and you can bounce on. It's a good start to the weekend, like we talked about before the twelve thirty kickoff. Like, what a way to get to get everything going. But it, and the day just got better from there. I mean, that takes us on so nicely to questions we can't answer, but probably will. How much lower can Manchester United go? <laughs> <laughs> every time, every time we think they've hit the they've hit the bottom, and now it's like at least they've hit bottom, they can start working back up. So there, there is way more to go. There's a four 0 defeat to Brentford to go, and oh my Christ! Like th- this wasn't freakish. They were totally outplayed. Like that that first half, they annihilated. Like not even Brentford took their chances. Brentford could control the game. They had the ball in United's quarter for the entire match. I don't think United got one attack, like one genuine attack in that first half. There was one time Marcus Rashford thought he was through, the keeper got there before him. <laughs> That's what I remember. You know, Rashford dived, like thought thought he was going to get a handy free, keeper's 20 yards out, just clears the ball away. That's the one opening that I thought United got. All the players completely isolated. Everybody just doing their own individual thing. It's like a bad FIFA player. You know, as soon as he concedes, he just tries to get the ball and run. And it's never going to work. Never going to get work against the elites and, Obviously, obviously it all starts, you know, it's, it's, it's a balls up from the keeper. It's fucking terrible from De Gea. It looks so weak. And then I don't think De Gea was being interviewed afterwards. And Jesus, you know, the Sky interviewer was a pain to tell us. You know, David, I think it's important to mention you wanted to do this interview. <laughs> like, oh, you know, fair play, this boy fronting up. This boy fronting up about one goal. I don't think he realized he was... <laughs> I don't think he realised he was at mistake for the second goal. And then when he was asked about it, he, he was he seemed to be suggesting that, like, yeah, maybe sometimes we we, we just need to go longer. It's like, no, you just don't need to give it to Ericsson, who's got somebody shoulder to shoulder, not somebody right up his arse. Shoulder to shoulder. Somebody's actually free on the right-hand side if you're not freaking out about Ivan Tony standing there. But, um, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the head fault. Like, so he's, he's made the mistake. And now, he, and now he's rattled and I remember he can't really play much football anyway. You know, he can't make the decisions anyway. And now he, like, he's already got no confidence and now he hasn't played football. It makes a terrible decision. 2-0. Brentford just carry on, just running through them for a shortcut. All the United players just posturing for for the cameras now. It's just self-preservation. They think anybody care if they show. Like, there was one stage somebody, Brentford tried a little free kick routine. He's on the right-hand side. You know, everybody's lined up at the left-hand side. And they, they chip it over the wall. It's sort of straight on. And Fernandez does well. He has to go with his man to head it away. Fernandez turns around and starts giving out to everyone. It's like, who are you giving out to? Like, that was just your man. Like, you had to go with him. There's nobody else to go with him there. <laughs> they chipped the ball over. You've had to react it. And you didn't get rid of it wherever you want to get rid of it. You've conceded a corner. And, and this is it. Like, I always wonder now, would Bruno Fernandez get back to being Bruno Fernandez if there were no cameras? But he's just so fucking aware of what's happening around him and to a complete fault now, like where everybody's just trying to instead of instead of actually just doing something about it, they're trying to show that they're doing something about it. And they're a mess. I actually felt sorry for the manager now, just sitting on the sideline thinking you could not have known that you were inheriting all this. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean the first I think the first question we can answer of this season was is the United Panther era over? Well, thank fuck we've talked ourselves around to saying no. 
<laughs> there was a lot of warning signs as well. Like, do you remember Fernandez did an interview in the middle of the summer saying there was a zero tolerance to being late since Ten Hag took over? Like, imagine becoming a manager in any industry and having to tell everyone who worked for you that they have to turn up to work on time. <laughs> what the fuck was going on at that club? If I was Ten Hag and, that, and I had to do that, I would have thought, ah, this isn't a fucking job for me. Ajax must want me back. I'm not fucking taking over. Like, these lads have to be told to come into work on time. What the fuck? And you can't really, you can't really blame that bad attitude on the on the first, the first. You said two goals, first three goals. Like everything, the first goal, everything is just absolutely atrocious from a technical point of view. I mean, the shot is fucking dreadful. And what oh. what is the Haven trying to do there? Trying to scoop the ball up to his hands to get United moving quickly. Get Man United moving quickly. Forget about it. They just dive down and hold the ball. You don't need to fucking get up on your feet here and get this moving again. Because nothing's going to happen anyway. Second one's just the definition of a fucking hospital pass. And then he looks like he should be in a hospital for the third, pacing up and down his line, mumbling to himself like he's in a fucking padded room. It was insane. So where was he going? Was he running across? Doing shuttle runs in between these posts? What are you doing? And then they were fucking... People were worried about Martinez's height for high balls. Sure, he can't even get up to compete with somebody who's stooping to head in at the back post. That was ridiculous. Yeah, that was unbelievable how often that was highlighted then as well by by Gary Neville as they're talking about his height. And like Ben Mee headed us at (laughs) chest height at most hip height, I think. Ben Mee fell into the ball and and got it in. Yeah, the, and the fourth goal was just a screamer. Like, that was brilliant. Like, just, just clear it down the left. Ivan Tony's away. And the first... Like, that pass on like on the bounce, first time. The direction, the pace, the weight. Lovely, like, you know, uh, it's really well done then. First touch and, and lovely mm. finish. Like, that, like they were just ripped apart then for, for, for that. But, and like... Yeah, well, like, you say they were just ripped apart. You say they were just ripped apart. I mean, fucking Harry Maguire standing right wing position. It was insane. Like, he was... Like, you're 3-0 down. You don't need fucking Harry Maguire drifting into right-winger position as well here. I mean, this is the far too open. It was insane. Like, you don't get back into the game by making yourself completely open as well. And especially if the benefit of that, the supposed benefit of that, is that Harry Maguire's wandering up the pitch for you. Like, it doesn't, like it's not worth it. Literally stand the position. Yeah. Ah, it's, it's grim. And it's, it's Liverpool next for them. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, I I just don't see like, and I was actually thinking about it. You know, he's come in and he, it's it felt like they were buying players and, and they were linked. There's certain linked to a lot of players, but you know, basically he's come in and he's he's replaced Faram of Martinez. Like, is that, is that is that a big upgrade? I don't think it necessarily is. Maybe it'll show that it is eventually. I don't know. Um, and they they brought Christian Eriksen in and and they decided to play him in the number six role today. <laughs> or this is the new team like that like this is what they've gotten now on top of on top of what they had and what they had we know was shit and we know like the that that it was done like anything good they had is lost and 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 now they've added nothing essentially on top and Jesus Christ like you know Christian Erickson left Brentford to come to United <laughs> he's getting laughed off <laughs> he's getting laughed off so they've got Liverpool next um we can all look forward to that and um uh, Aston Villa have Crystal Palace away from home. Do you know what Dare said? After a win, you start looking at all these fixtures a bit better now. Uh, we're in the top half of the table. It's like we're only one point off the Champions League. Uh, 
the outlook is definitely sunny this week and like let's just enjoy the rest of the week and the rest of the weekend too but uh yeah we got the win we got Ings on the score sheet we got Buendia on the score sheet by god good to see him uh score because he's jesus he deserves it and we all deserve this as well uh let's just yeah, let's just marvel in it for another seven days before we'll pick through another game on Saturday. We'll see you on Thursday. We'll be back then. Thanks a million for listening. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe on whatever whatever platform that you listen to us on. And uh, yeah, we'll chat to you on Thursday. All the best. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.